football season isn't going the way we wanted to. Some things you can't rely on. Some things you can't trust. Marcos Garza is not one of those things. I'm proud to partner with him for the Reeds Ranch podcast. If you find yourself or a loved one or a friend needing legal representation this football season, do the smart thing. Trust the Garza Law Firm. He won't let you down. He won't overthrow you. He won't underthrow you. He'll just throw it to you. 865-540-8300. That's the phone number. Online 24-7 at GarzaLaw.com. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyer, criminal defense lawyer, and personal injury lawyer. Before you say guilty, say Garza. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. Eh, eh, 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch. It is Tuesday, November 7th, Election Day. Hope you all went out and voted, if you were able to, if there was anything to vote on in your area. Democracy dies when people don't vote. Am I right, Seth? How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice as usual. Big game coming up this weekend as Tennessee heads to Missouri, fresh off of a blowout win against the Yukon Huskies. How are the vibes in Seth's household? I'm excited for the game, Saturday. You're volled up in the Discord. It sounds like you are now... The new lieutenant of the Milton Militia. You are uh, almost like Napoleon. Almost. Leading the charge. No, no, I don't think so. I think I just, the the offense has gotten, it's just annoying to me that they waited half a season to run him. We talked about it. It's the one thing he does well. The offense is clearly better now that they ran him. I mean, it's not good, but it's like less the offense isn't quite as stupid as it was. They've somehow I give Josh Heupel a lot of credit. He's at least somehow figured out a way to make it to where like Milton can be efficient and they can do some things on offense. I mean, it's pretty It's not good. The running backs are nasty and the receivers the, backs are nasty. the receivers are now at least getting balls they can make plays on. Yeah. We finally got the long squirrel white touchdown we've been wanting. We should have had three of those already this year. It should not have taken them as long as it did to figure out what they can do with Joe Milton. But to their credit, they figured it out. To Josh's credit, the team is continuing to get better over the course of the season for the third year in a row. So Um, you have no reservations that it's going to happen 
again on Saturday. You think the offense is going to be good on oh, Saturday against that. Missouri? I, I have no idea what to expect. I think we'll be able to run on Missouri. I think we'll be able to run on Missouri. That's what I, I do think that. I think that we will be able to run the ball on them. Other than that, I have no idea. I don't really know. I think their defense has been a disappointment this year, hasn't it? Missouri's? I mean, I, I thought it played decent enough against Georgia. Yeah, yeah. For sure it did. For sure it did Saturday. They held I Georgia overall, to they held Georgia to thirty points at home. I mean, that's it's about as good as you could do. Georgia's had a top ten offense this year. Yeah. Um Yeah, they did play. I mean, they did play well on Saturday as a team, I thought. Um Georgia ran the ball for hundred and thirty one yards against them. Not great yeah. numbers really. No, Georgia does not have running backs like Tennessee does. No, that's true. I mean, Tennessee has the best run game in the SEC. I mean, I think that's I think that's true, especially if you just, you know, hold it to the running backs. But now that Milton is running effectively, I mean, that adds another dynamic. Which is crazy to say that we have better running backs than Georgia, but it's true. I think Tennessee has multiple running backs more dynamic than Dejon Edwards. Fair to say. Nothing against him. But I think that's fair to say. But, and then you throw in Milton. I mean, LSU ran for a ton of yards. Of course, they have Jaden Daniels, too. And Milton can't run like that. But I do think Milton can run. Milton's doing really well running the ball. I have no idea what to expect Saturday. I have zero idea of what to expect. But I do believe that we will line up and run the ball very well because that is what Josh Heupel does. Is it just a question of touchdowns versus field goals when you get to the red zone? Yeah, I think so. Is that oversimplifying it of just saying we got to score touchdowns? No, I think it's because even without – well, first of all, Luther Burden's playing. Luther Burden's going to play. But even if he doesn't, I mean, I think Theo Weiss is good enough to just torch our secondary. So I think it is. If you are unsure why Seth is saying that, it came out right before the podcast that he is questionable to play. And he is hurt, I think, because he wasn't the same when he came back in Saturday. Um, but Weiss is really good, too. I mean, I don't know what to think about our defense, man. I, d I don't know what to think about our defense at all. I don't – I really have no idea. I mean, I just – at the end of the day, I really don't know that Tim Banks is any good. But the numbers are better for the third straight year. They've improved significantly. We're a top twenty defense efficiency wise. Like I mean, if you look at if you look at uh, Bill Connolly's SP plus rankings, we're top twenty on defense. So is it just a case of two bad halves? The first half against Florida and the second half against Alabama. And I don't even like the the thing I hate about this is that the second half against Florida, I don't count because. Florida just was humiliating Tennessee. They did not even try to score. They did not try to pass. They knew that Tennessee could not score on them. So I don't even want to say that Tennessee's defense was good in the second half. I really I have no clue what to make of this defense. They've and I still like at the end of the day all these numbers because I was I was looking at the improvement on VolQuest earlier this week and it's like you know that's cool we've played nobody so I still don't think they're any good. I mean I just. I, I mean, I don't, think, I don't think Banks is any good. I think they're really good against the run, again. But they've been good against the run. I think giving up 20 points in the second half of Alabama was 
not great, but I do think that they they held it from getting worse, especially considering like you know the full game, especially like that, yes, that could have yes. been way and we worse. We talked about that. Yeah. We talked about that. I, I I said like I was mad at the defense until I sat back and thought about the fact they forced two turnovers and and got to Milrow. I really have no issues with the defense in the Alabama game. They didn't play great in the second half, but they did in the first half, and they played good enough to win the game. The The Florida game was, was awful. I'm, I have never gone back to watch the second quarter of the Florida game because that's really what has kept this season from being special, right? Because yep. imagine you don't have that second quarter happen against Florida and you beat them like the dog shit they are. Yep. This week has completely different meaning, right? Next week obviously has completely different meaning. Well, this weekend I'm driving to Columbia, Missouri. Right. I haven't brought myself to go back and to watch that game. But Florida is what we thought they were. Billy Napier is 11 and 11 at Florida. 7 and 11 against Power 5. 1 and 5 against Georgia, Florida State, LSU and Tennessee. Of course, we are the one in 1 and 5. Of course. Them losing to Arkansas is embarrassing. It looks like they're going to finish on a, what, a four-game, five-game losing streak? The rest of their schedule, yeah. like, they're going to finish five and seven. They're, yeah, they're not going to make a bowl. I would be willing to bet that they don't win another game. Yeah, for sure. So that just, that, that second quarter, I haven't brought myself to go back to rewatch it, but it's going to haunt if Tennessee wins against Missouri this Saturday. Yeah, for sure. But glass half full, the East is still on the table, 10 and 2 still alive, the offense, like Seth said, is showing signs of life, the defense is getting better another year, and we got to see the Prince, the Polynesian Prince, the chosen one, the tribal chief, we got to see Nico play two possessions on Saturday. What were your takeaways? Yeah. Um, he looked terrific. And I think anybody that says, like, I haven't seen the discourse around Nico other than what's on the Discord, but the Discord was obviously overwhelmingly positive. But I imagine the lemmings on Twitter would be like, oh, it's just UConn. Um, he looked absolutely terrific. He has, his pocket presence is just light years ahead of Joe Milton. He seemed very I mean, calm and natural out there. Yeah, he seemed like he's just the the I mean, the play where he the most impressive play was the one to Caleb Webb, I thought, where he like ducked his shoulder, like he flipped the like he he swapped the ball into his left hand and he like dipped his shoulder to get away from the defender that he saw in his periphery, and then he flipped it back to his right hand and threw a bullet to Caleb Webb for like a 28-yard gain. That was a third down the second drive, correct? Yes. It was on the second drive. I don't know if it's third down. Okay. Yeah, but the second drive where he catches it, it's about a 10-yard pass that he turns up and takes it. Yep. I thought that was his best play. Um, I'm pretty confident that was third down, but either way. It's a wasted season because – He's obviously good enough to start day one, and he should have. Like, I, I, you know, I don't even think Joe Milton's any good yet, right now. Like, he's fine. He's actually 
the like Joe Milton is managing the game now decently. I think is what you can say. I think I think we can say that, right? Like the last couple games, yeah, he managed the Kentucky game. That that was my biggest compliment that I gave him after the Kentucky game was that he finally managed the game. Against like, Texas A&M, he didn't manage the game. Against Alabama, I would yep. say he was more of a game manager that game. Yeah, 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 for sure. So he's yeah, had, he's had, he's had three game. good weeks in a row. Yeah. For him, I wouldn't say that, the, you know, like the offense isn't good. The offense hasn't been good. They can run the ball, but we've always been able to run the ball under Heifel. It's just a wasted season because Nico looked – He, like, I mean, I would say he looked at least as good as Joe Milton did Saturday. He definitely has better pocket presence. He can run. He just looked so natural. I mean, he it's just it's obvious. It's obvious. The little Cam Newton, Tim Tebow style touchdown pass that we did where we faked the quarterback draw. Joe Burrow used to run it. Like we'd never once run that with Joe Milton. That I can remember. He can obviously do things in the offense. That Joe Milton can't. And that's not, like, that's not me, like, that just is what it is, right? I mean, Hinton Hooker could do things in this offense. I said on the podcast, it was like God created Hinton Hooker to run Josh Heupel's offense. It's obvious there's a reason why Josh Heupel and uh, Alex Golish and Joey Halsley, like, they went after Nico over everyone else. They did not recruit a guy with the last name of Manning. They went after Nico. And he, he just looks, he looks like he's perfect in the offense. Do you think that either of our two losses are wins with Nico? Truly. Yeah. Oh, you, you do? Yeah. 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 Both of them or yeah. one of them? One of them. Yeah, I don't care if that's what makes me I, – I, I, I truly could not care less if that makes me sound redneck. I don't know which one it is because the defense was so bad in the first half against Florida, but I know damn well with Nico Iamialiava, we are scoring four touchdowns in the first half in Tuscaloosa. We are not getting two field goals, and at that point, I'm leaving it up to big God and letting him decide because that game is totally different if you're up 28-7 to instead of 20-7. to Not even to mention what you could do in the second half with Nico because if you had started Nico day one, guess what? In the second half in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, we're going to throw the ball across the middle of the field. And I do not care how redneck this makes me sound. I could not care less. I could not care less. The season is a waste. It will be awesome to go 10-2. and two. Do not get me wrong. That will be back-to-back years of 10-2. and two. That's what we have all wanted. However, it will always sting knowing that it should have been more, and it could have been more if you would have just played the freshman. And again, I don't care how redneck this makes me sound. Now, I could not care less. To play a little bit of devil's advocate, I will say that Nico looked really, really good. We all agree with that, right? Yeah. So, if he looked really, really good after not playing, do we think that he's still getting developed and that we should still have confidence in him week one of next year? Because I do think he looked really good. It, it wasn't like he came in and looked overwhelmed. He came came in and still looked pretty natural in the pocket and still looks like he knew how to play football, right? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious, right? The team thinks he's amazing. Well, yeah, when you tell okay. me that, you know, Castles is is getting his autograph and on his gloves for the touchdown and says he's going to hold on to him because, you know, basically he's implying that that's gonna, they're, they're going to be special one day when he's a top draft pick or in the Hall of Fame or whatever. Like, that's a pretty big statement 
the way the players reacted after his touchdown, a pretty big statement. Yeah, they, they do seem first, to think he's awesome. First of all, he's obviously a tremendous teammate. It does because seem the like they, they would reacted. not react that way had he not been really liked. <laughs> they also would not have reacted the way they did if he sucked ass. With Castles saying he's going to hang up the, the gloves. By the way, by the way, by the way, unless I completely misunderstood the tight end, he said that he runs with Nico every day in practice, so we still have him running as the number two tight end? That blew my mind. He's, he's clearly the best tight end we have. Clearly, we've we've we, we've totally wasted him. He could have been he could have been awesome. He could have been amazing. He could have been amazing. We've wasted him as we've wasted Squirrel White, but whatever. He so the team obviously thinks he's a badass. So he's clearly getting better and improving. And a Saturday did nothing to tamp down the expectations of Game One next year. He looked terrific. I mean, it, it like. It's UConn. That's fine. Whatever. I'm like, I can play devil's advocate with my own argument. It's UConn. Whatever. You know, I mean, part of the reason why, like, I was positive about Joe Milton is because we raked him over the coals for how he played against dog shit opponents. So when he actually went out there and did pretty well for him he's against played, a dog shit opponent, he's played re- three get, really so- solid games. You have to tip your cap to him. It doesn't mean the defense, it doesn't mean the offense is good. It's not. But it's better. He's managing the game, which. A month ago, seemed an outrageous thought. So he's gotten better, and and good for Joe, and good for Josh Heupel. Can we it's, beat Missouri playing that style of football? Can we beat Missouri on Saturday if he plays basically the same game he played against Kentucky? In your opinion, you have to get touchdowns. Okay, so thirty it has points. To be touchdowns. Thirty points or whatever he scores is not enough. I don't. Because what, what what did we win that game? We scored thirty, right? Three touchdowns and three field goals. That was the the breakdown, right? Or was it two touchdowns and four field goals? I've forgotten. Give me one second. Let me look up the score. Against Kentucky, it yeah. was 33 to 27. Okay, so yeah, three touchdowns and four field goals. Is that right? Yeesh. I mean, 33 points, though, should be good enough to win. 33 points should be good enough to win. But if you could just get one more touchdown and get to 37, then yeah, I think you win. Okay. Tennessee's done a, I mean, I just don't know. Tennessee's done a great job of stopping the run. Will, like, Cody Schrader really be able to run the ball against Tennessee? I don't know. I don't know. Tennessee's done a great job of stopping the run. Why can't Tennessee get to the quarterback anymore? I don't know. Will they be able to get to the quarterback on Saturday? You know, where has James Pierce been? I mean, like, look, our defensive line is getting held. Nobody's denying that. But that's not a, an excuse for where James Pierce has gone. And he's playing. He's just not the star of the show like he was a month ago. I mean, I think I think Barron's been better, which is fine. Barron's a senior and was, you know, has a lot of talent too. It's just, you know, hopefully the defensive line gets back after the quarterback this this weekend. Um I think that they can win with Joe managing the game. I just think you have to get touchdowns. You can't miss Dylan Sampson for a wide open touchdown like you did in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, we're just taking it one week at a time. Obviously, you're going to have to have really, really good quarterback play to beat Georgia. But Missouri, I think you can get by with a a B a B Joe Milton game. Yes, a B Joe Milton game can can win you this game on Saturday and set up a big Georgia game. Even if Georgia beats Ole Miss, which I've said, I'm not giving 
Ole Miss ain't going to win. Yeah, I'm not giving the thought of Lane Kiffin beating Georgia in Georgia a thought at all. I'm not wasting any of my time. I really feel dumb even wasting breath bringing it up because they're not winning that game. And if they do, you could say I was wrong. I cringe when I see people talk about it. Like, this is like one of the best Ole Miss teams. They don't have a chance in hell of beating Georgia. What are we even talking about? They should have lost to A&M on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think they got, yeah, zero chance, or let's say 2% chance. I don't think it's happening. But Yeah, I, I, I cringe when I see people talking about Beat it. Missouri, and you still set up a good game. You still set up a chance to go 10-2. You still set up a chance to end Georgia's win streak and to do all these things and have a big-time win and, and, you know, to end the Georgia streak and all those things. So, like, ultimately, beating Missouri still sets you up to have a successful season. Now, is it as good as it could have been? Obviously not. Obviously not. If you beat Florida like you're supposed to, that's really the only game that you should have, you know, done anything different, obviously. They're terrible, like we knew. Then these two games could have been much, much bigger, but hey, sometimes shit happens. Nine and three is disappointing. No, nine and three is disappointing. If you lose to Georgia, then nine and three, it feels blah. I mean, obviously, it's not one where you yell at Josh Heupel about, other than the fact that. Your quarterback didn't get any reps. I think that's when the conversation, at least on the Reed's Ranch podcast, will ramp up. Like, hey, you went 9-3, and three, so what exactly was so special about not playing this? What, what was so important you know, as, as to where you I'll couldn't say play this, this young I'll guy? I'll say this. I will say this. 7-5, and five, with Hendon Hooker having another year. Like, that's the thing to me. It's like 9-3 and three with a six-year quarterback. What? Like, he's never coming back. That's what was so cool about Hendon Hooker was he had another year. So you're going to say seven and five with Hinton Hooker in 2021 is going to good. feel better? It's just as good. Okay. I mean, I think it will. I, actually, I, I mean, I do think it feels better because, first of all, we had no expectations for that year, and then all of a sudden we're just beating the brains in of South Carolina and Missouri with Hinton Hooker. You know, like was it a good year? No, it's not what I'm saying. They should not have lost to Pittsburgh. You shouldn't. You wouldn't. You know, if you start Hinton Hooker from day one, you don't lose to Pitt. You, I guess, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't have lost to Ole Miss. I don't know. It wasn't a great year, but you had Hendon for another year. That's the issue. Like, 9-3 and with a six-year quarterback is okay if that six-year quarterback wins you games. If you get to 9-3 and on his back. But you've gotten the 9-3 and on the back of Jalen Wright. Monster. Monster. You know, and, and James Pierce and Tyler Barron and Omari Thomas. Don't forget, you know, like, don't forget Tank. Don't forget pick six Tank. No, Tank, okay, look, Tank, it's been by far his best year. He's been so much better than he ever has been. Credit to him. He's gotten a lot better. He's had a good year, I'd say. Um, so that's the thing. It's like nine and three, but the quarterback didn't win you any games. Like, if you go nine and three with Joe Milton, you would have gone nine and three with Nico, right? At least. And if you win eight and four with Nico, who cares? Well, that was my argument on the radio that made everyone so mad that they turned into me saying six and six and nine and three is the same thing. I said nine and three and eight and four is the same thing if the eight and four is you developing the quarterback. It's 100% the same thing. How is this up for a debate? It's way, it's, I would, it's, let me rephrase. It's not the same thing, John, because I would take eight and four with Nico over nine and three with Joe. And you would, too, because you have multiple synapses firing off at any given point in the day. 
anyone would take that. And you can, I know you're saying it's just as good, but I also know that you would take 8-4 and four with Nico over 9-3 and three with Joe. Yeah, and I also said that nine and three and eight and four to me in the grand scheme of things doesn't make a difference, even with Joe. It doesn't make a difference. Even if it's nine and three and eight and four, like you could say it's the second best season, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Like double digit wins before it starts being an argument for me. Yeah, and I and regular season, I don't even care if you were nine and three and won the bowl game. I mean, that's better, obviously, but you know, ten and three would be better than eight and five in that scenario if you lose the bowl game versus winning the bowl game. Sure, I get that. But yeah, that was just my point. It's like it's it's gotta be a ten win season to feel special or to feel different, we can still do that. We can still do that. Got to beat Missouri. Got to beat Missouri, because if you lose to Missouri, then 8-4 and four is staring at you right in the eye, and that would be a disaster, in my opinion. Going 8-4? and four? Yeah, and it's still staring you in the in the face if you lose. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would say, like, there's a pretty good chance of going 8-4. and four. I don't. I know we're favored, but the line opened up with Missouri's favorite. It's a pick. Right? I mean, I'll, it's a coin flip game. Yeah. I mean – I'm not saying I, I think we'll lose or whatever. I mean, I just, you know. I'm not either. I'm just knows? saying it's on the table. Yeah. We can't just show up and win. We got to play well. I know we make jokes about Eli and all that, but, like, they look, they played pretty good against Georgia. He can get he can get people open. He can – he's not a bad offensive mind. He He's going to get, you know, people open. Like, he does a lot of good things with Luther Burden and Theo Weiss. He's – I didn't think that Brady Cook would ever be good, but it obviously was that Brady Cook was just injured all last year, and he's finally been healthy, and he's been good. They've had a good year. That being said, you really have a chance to ruin their year. For sure. For sure. Like if, especially if you blow them out like you, you know, you, like you may. I mean, like, like you have the last two years. They, they can't beat Tennessee, and they want revenge. And, yeah, second straight loss – Georgia, Tennessee, and just kind of a reminder of where you're at, that would be really deflating for them. Yeah. But they had the chance to ruin our year. Correct. They, they had the chance to send us to 8-4, and four, so it's a big game. You know, also, I mean, I, I have no idea what to make of Georgia. I, I really and truly thought that Missouri was going to take the lead. Before that interception? Before that interception. I 100% believe that in my bones. I do too. Yeah, I was watching it, and I thought they were going down to to take the lead, and that we were going to have to see if Carson Beck could do a Stetson Bennett impression, but then somehow that ball ended up right in that fat motherfucker's hands, and he just ran with it for a long way. And I was just like, the game, it just honestly, maybe Georgia has won so many games in a row that they just expect something like that to happen, but they just seemed like they were asleep. I, the, the crowd seemed asleep. I don't know. It was just... I think they're all tired. That's a lot of that's a lot of emotion every week having to keep winning. Yeah. Not being able to slip boring. up once. I mean, I, it's not boring because, like, whenever they took over the game, like, you know, the fans look so relieved. It's just stressful. It gets tiring. Yeah. You don't want it to end, but at the same time, you're like, man, if we could reset and just have a loss and then go back to, you know, just uh, you know, get fun. reset. Yeah, like they might, in their hearts, actually take that because it's it's terrible when perfection is the standard. Yeah, for the players, it just has to be it's the weight of the world. And, and, and not only, like, winning isn't enough, you have to win impressively. When you win ugly, people are like, what the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a little bit of what happened to Hypo this year, like, to be fair. Like, I mean, obviously the standards are nowhere near the same, but, like, 
we're winning 21 to 13 against AM. Everyone's like, oh, man, what's wrong? What's wrong with the defense? Or, excuse me, what's wrong with the offense? Why don't, why don't they look better? And it's like, man, we won. Sometimes you just got to celebrate wins. That's fair. Let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com slash Reed's Ranch. New $5 patron, Gaines Henson. Shout out to Brother Gaines. We love you and appreciate you. New $10 patron, Michael Osborne. Shout out to Brother Michael Osborne. We love you and appreciate you. And that's it. That's all. Let's hit some questions. Uh, Brother AJ asks, what's our favorite video game? <laughs> Random. <laughs> AJ. Uh, Civilization Six. AJ. Civilization Six. What is that? We've talked about it before on the podcast. Oh, is that the it's one like where you're like in? No, I thought that was Dead. Dead. What is it called? Deadfall. What, the, what is that? Uh, where you're out in the woods. What was that one called? They're making a TV show Red. about it. Fallout. Fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did like Fallout Four. Yeah, a lot. I thought that was your favorite. I game. did like Fallout Four. It's just like a turn-based strategy game. Okay. Um. Yeah. I don't really play any video games, AJ. When I did, when I do play them, I play Madden. I, still, I guess Madden's my favorite game. Although I know everyone says it's trash. I used to love 2K. Non-sports-wise, I mean, uh, my favorite game of all time is Twisted Metal Two. I love that one. And I used to love the Crash Bandicoot game. So, great games, great games. I wasn't much of a gamer. I just did sports all the time, pretty much. Brother Brett asks, "What's my new next vacation?" Um, I'll be going to Aruba for Thanksgiving. They call him Aruba Seth for a reason. So, looking forward to that. Just the fam, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flying out on Sunday after the Georgia game. I didn't know if Alley Cat was getting to bring her boyfriend or not. No, 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 no. Got to be engaged. Got to have a ring. To get to go to the family? Okay, gotcha. B- B- Bugs got to have a ring. Um, Brother Wheezy, a.k.a. Marwan, asks where our happy place is. Where's your happy place, Seth? Um, My parents' love seat. My parents' love seat. I think is when I feel the most relaxed is when I'm on my parents' love seat with my mom on the couch and my dad in the chair. Yeah, sounds nice. I used to love being at like the kitchen table, mm-hmm. playing some Rook, watching TV. What's my love place now? Uh, I think these days the happiest Seth is when I'm in the shower. Take a nice warm shower. Is there anything better? I don't think there is. Not for me. I like being on. I like being in the movie theater on the front row with the rail with my feet propped up. That always makes me happy. Like when I've had a bad day, I, I go to the movies. That's typically what I do because I got the Regal Unlimited pass. So I'm like, yeah, it's free, even though it's not free. I pay twenty dollars a month for it. I'm like, I'm gonna go see a movie. Then I'm gonna spend you know ten dollars on concessions, and I'm gonna sit there and I'm just gonna go to town on some popcorn and watch a movie. That seems to center me pretty good. That's sad. The, the shower movie, and the movie theaters. No, what a loser. No, it's not. The movie theaters are awesome. Particularly like on a weeknight. Awesome. Particularly like on a weeknight when I'm, you know, not in there with a bunch of people. The movies are amazing. I, that's not sad at all to me. I, I disagree completely. I mean, I think that the movies are amazing. What a loser. Brother Zachary asks, what are we doing to slow the effects of global warming because it is hot outside? 
I drive an electric car. That's right. That's right. That I found out is scratched up somewhere somehow. Ugh. Is there science like that? Like they actually don't help because you have to like dig for the batteries and all the electricity, like keeping them charged. I hate this argument because, like, I think the short-term effects, yes, and don't fact-check me on this, you dorks. Okay, I know that the short-term effects of like the lithium batteries or whatever is bad. My argument has always been that over the course of time, it is obviously better for America and the Western world to get on electric cars. It's better for the environment because you're going to be using batteries and it gets you out of Saudi Arabia's back pocket. So over the course of time, I don't care how bad it is on the environment to dig up these batteries or whatever you have to do for them. I know it's bad, whatever, I don't care. But if you just project that out years and years and years, even if it doesn't mean that like the batteries we use now, the tech, like it, the, because it might not be the batteries we use now. It could be that the batteries we use now allow a technological breakthrough for a better type of battery that you would have never found if you stayed on big oil. That's how technology works. Thank you. Now I feel better. I'm doing my part. So over the, co- so over the course of time, what Elon Musk has done is he's, he's single-handedly made electric-powered vehicles feasible. And I will say, if you hate Elon Musk, if you hate Elon Musk, You are a smooth brain. He has done more for the environment than anyone else. Because if you hate Elon Musk, guess what? You're a lefty. And so, one of your hobby horses is the environment. And Elon's done more for the environment than anybody. Okay? He's also given internet to, like, every single poor person in the world. That being said, I recycle, like, everything. Okay. I'm a big recycler. If you hate Elon Musk, you are a small person because Twitter doesn't matter. What does matter is advancing advancing eco-friendly transportation, and that's what he's done single-handedly, single-handedly. We're not even talking about space. We're not even talking about space, which is obviously one of my hobby horses that I love. We're talking about making the environment better. We're taking, we're talking about taking better care of God's kingdom here on earth. He's done it single-handedly. It doesn't mean that the batteries we use now are are what's going to take us to to a a net zero world because they're probably not, but that's not how technology works. It's in, you know, it takes time and it it takes revolutionaries like Thomas Edison and Elon Musk. I had a lover who worked in the trash industry, and she said that by the time that like all the stuff we say we're recycling actually makes it there, like it gets contaminated, and they just can't recycle it anyways. I, you know, I, I took like sociology at UT one time, and for whatever reason, the class was like focused on recycling. I have no idea why, and like that was what one of the students was like. Look, you know, you recycle, but it doesn't really make any difference. It's negligible, and the professor who was like you know, this communist was like, yeah, I know. And like, that's fine. That's fine that it's negligible. I still recycle everything. I still recycle everything. I don't care. No, I mean, it it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're trying at least. So I still do it too when I can. Like, you know, makes me feel like I'm trying. I'm just saying, like, like, I just don't know if it is actually doing anything. Like, I don't you know. You sound I, I like you're s- not really helping global warming. I'm driving an electric car. I'm, I'm, I'm helping. I don't think you are. You are. I mean, I s- you are. I'm just saying. 
you know. I just think I just think I think that it's very I don't know how to I just think we should do our utmost to take care of the environment. That is what I think. I don't think that makes you a communist. I don't think that makes you a loser. I just think we should do whatever we can to take care of the environment. We should pick up trash. We should recycle when we can. We should drive electric cars. Sounds like you're about to say something else besides a loser. Just I was, but you <laughs> sounds know, like you pumped fake try, Trying to make your life easy. I do appreciate not having to edit that out. So I appreciate it. <laughs> Brother Sam Rose asks, "What's a good brand of jeans that we rep?" Good question, Sam. What do you wear, Seth? I don't wear jeans. You don't have any pairs of jeans? I have a pair, but I don't wear them. An old lover made me buy a pair of Bonobos. Bonobos. They're very nice, but I don't wear them. I wear, uh, you know, like khakis or whatever. Yeah, I don't really have too many great pairs of jeans. I mean, I had some uh, Lucky, Lucky Jeans. And then some Banana Republic, like, colored jeans. Like, I got a nice pair of, like, green denim jeans I wear from there. But I know, I know there are way better brands than that. But I've always liked Lucky. And well, I mean, and they, I and when, you, a... and when, you, when you unbutton them and unzip it, it says Lucky You. So I like to point that towards the towards the woman. Very sexual. Right. Seems disgusting that they would put that on their jeans, but. I think Banana Republic makes nice stuff. No, yeah, I mean, I like, I like the pair of colored jeans I got. But I don't wear them. I mean, that one pair of jeans I have is nice, but I'm not wearing them. That's just not who I am. Yeah, I found myself almost never wearing jeans either, honestly. There's a pair of blue jeans. Very, very, very rarely. Yeah, it's just not, it's not me. It's not who I am. I prefer to look like I just got done raking leaves. That's how I dress. And I, I like to look that way with a pair of nice khakis from Land's Inn. Can't really break leaves in blue jeans. You can't do it. But you can in Lands in khakis and New Balance 993s. How do you feel about the movement? New Balances are getting uh, gentrified, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what term I can use, but it seems like they've, they're going mainstream. Yeah, Brother Gabe, shout out to Brother Gabe. He sent me a picture of these New Balances that he bought that are like gray. I don't know the number that they are, but they looked good. I had never seen any like I had never seen any like them before. They looked they looked very very good. And a lot of cool people are wearing them now. How does that make you feel? Well, I mean, they joined me. Well, I know, but now that's what happens. I mean, like that's like you're the fan of the underground band and now they've gone mainstream. How does that make you feel? Do you feel like New Balance is selling out? Well, no, because I don't really feel like cool people are wearing Lands in khakis with New Balance 993s. <laughs> I think that's I think that's safe for me to say. Okay. Don't speak up now, but wait till they come for the Lansberries, and then you'll be like, "Oh no, I should have spoken up earlier." <laughs> or Landsberg, whatever the hell they were called. Brother Bob. Asks, do we think we'd be able to beat George Washington in a fist fight circa 1779? No, I don't. Well, he'd have been like, what, 57, 58, somewhere around that time? Let's see when, let's see when Brother George was born here. How old? Uh, I can't, uh, yeah, do, double check. Oh, yeah, this. he would have been old. Yeah, yeah, well, we, yeah, we would have been. I take that back. Yes, we would have been then. Yes. Now, he's he got old. some old man strength, but I feel like 57, 58 back in those days, you're pretty old. I would beat yeah. the fuck out of George Washington. He's never seen hammer fists. They weren't hammer fisting back in the 1700s. I can't imagine they had very good chokeholds either. 
I don't even know how many times around with a sword. Yeah, I don't know how many times people actually had hand to hand fist fights back in the day because I feel like either you had a sword or you challenged somebody to a duel. Like if you had a problem with somebody, you didn't fist fight. You said, "Hey, I'm going to shoot you." Now, could he shoot me? Yeah, maybe. He might be better at that. But hand to hand combat, I am beating the fuck out of George Washington. His old he just, ass like, walked around with a sword. He ain't never done no deadlifts. He don't have he don't have thighs that can match mine. Now he's probably you know experienced. I'll give him that. He was a general, right? So I mean, he's got some he's got some hardened experience. But he's an old man at this point. He wouldn't even see it coming. I would I would blow the dust off of his wig and I'd knock his wooden teeth down his throat. Then I'd tell him to go tell a lie about that. Brother Thomas asks, who had the bigger fall from grace, Jimbo Fisher post Jameis Winston or Bill Belichick post Tom Brady? Good question. Mm, I don't think it's a good question because I don't think okay. Bill Belichick ever became a joke. Jimbo Fisher has been has been a running punchline for seven years now. I mean, even since like even when he left Florida State and like the way people found out he was leaving Florida State is because his neighbor posted his Christmas tree in the trash in like early December. That was given the heads up that they're about to move. Like ever his whole entire tenure at Florida, uh, at, at Texas A and M outside of the COVID year that doesn't even count has been a joke. It's been constantly compared to Kevin Sumlin, and it's constantly been talked about how overpaid he is. At least with Bill Belichick, you can make the case he's old. The NFL's different. You know, Mac Jones just didn't work out. But, like, if Bill Belichick got fired by the the Patriots, he would get another job. He's still going to be considered one of the greatest of all time. If Jimbo Fisher got fired by Texas A&M, he's not getting another head coaching job. He's an analyst at Alabama. Well, I guess not because him and Saban. I, I would just fight. say he's going to be on TV, be doing TV stuff. Like yeah. he, I don't even think he would try to get another job. So, like, Jimbo's been a punchline for a long time. The salary, the grabbing the player, all, all that stuff. I mean, be, I forgot about that. Yeah, like, Belichick, Belichick is in a bad place right now. And, like, he's lost the Tom Brady argument. Like, I think everyone's now going to say that Brady was the more of the reason they won those championships. But... I still don't think he's reached joke status. Yeah. It, the, the, it's always crazy to me that, that A&M gave Jimbo that contract extension because they thought LSU might hire him. Like, and nobody was coming after Jimbo. Nobody's coming after Jimbo. It is crazy how bad he's been since they're now. Like, since they got back to the playoff and lost to Oregon. Yeah. It's been it's been bad. It's been bad. You know, part of me wants to say like like what like he's been awful. That's not I'm not Okay, well what does AM expect? This is who they are. They are an eight and four program. Yeah, but they paid him not to be an eight and four program. I know, and, I know. And they, and I know. they had the this SEC is, advantage. Yes. And also they yes, had what yes. people call the greatest recruiting class of all time. Yes, this is wholly separate from the Jimbo. Jimbo's atrocious. It Texas AM, him being bad has nothing to do with Texas AM. My issue is what I'm talking about is the A&M fans and how weird they are. This is who you are, guys. You overpaid somebody to be exactly who you are. I mean, it is what it is. All right, Davey keeps asking this question. Are you giving in? 
I'm going to give in. He's been a patron for a long time. It's true. Years and years and years and years. It's true. He's a good man. It's true, as far as I know. If you could have any five liquids infinitely dispensed out of five of your fingers at your control, what would they be? Vodka? Semen? If, if I do semen, is it like I have an orgasm? Or is it just semen? I don't know. Well, whatever. Whatever you want. Well, if it's like I have an orgasm every time, that would be kind of cool, but also maybe addicting. Um, I need a ruling. You give Davey your answer. Listening live. You 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 answer first. You answer first. I got to recalibrate if it's not going to be uh, like an orgasm every time. Um, antibacterial soap. <laughs> Diet Coke. Perrier. Lemon LaCroix and um, water. Just plain old tap water. So whenever I get sticky, I can just. So your, your water would be for cleaning purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, know how I, much I eat being sticky? No, I know. I, I get that. I was just going to say, I feel like I've always got enough water around me where I don't typically have to like really seek it out. I don't know. But yeah, to get clean, that would be nice. You like basically have your own sink with you at all times. That's a, I yes. think water has to be one of the answers. Yeah, I do too. I do too. If I did have lotion coming out of my fingers, it would be a lot easier to masturbate. <clears throat> but then if I have the whole semen thing, it, I don't really need that. I don't even need to masturbate. Water, vodka. Um, a lot of people say gasoline. You don't want gasoline coming out of your fingers? Bob says crude oil. I mean, I, I didn't think about that. I didn't. I just, it would be so cool to have Diet Coke. Yeah, but you would drink so much of it. That's why I can yeah. never do soda out of my fingers. I would drink, drink so much of it. Yeah. I don't want things coming out of my fingers. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Davey. I asked. <laughs> no, I mean, I just don't want anything coming out of my fingers. <laughs> Too weird. I, I don't think we should, I don't think we deserve that type of power. You know what I mean? A man has to go out and gather some things. That's right. Sometimes life just can't be too easy. Brother Richmond asks, he says, I'm sorry, he doesn't ask. He says, milk? Both- I think milk's a good answer. Ugh. Yeah, but milk's expensive, Can man. Can we move on? Can we move Imagine on? you have a bowl of cereal, how easy it'd be just to squirt a little bit more milk. Because you know, when you're eating cereal, sometimes you don't have enough milk in there and you got to go back and put a little bit more. Yeah, it's it's a bad. Just it's a just bad to have thing. milk that never spoils, just be able to tap your pinky and have it come out would be pretty good. But what if I accidentally hit the semen finger instead, and the semen got all over my all over my uh, uh, cereal? That'd be bad. The semen cereal, you don't want none of that. Don't want none of that. Plus, you could leave your DNA everywhere. You get caught at every crime. That might not have been a good answer unless I get the orgasm with it. But then you'd get addicted to it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that finger off. Just milk, milk and water, and vodka, White Claw, whiskey. No, I need a mixer. I need Sprite Zero to be one of them. I don't know. I don't know. Go ahead. Next question. Brother Richmond says, for both, just want to say I love you and appreciate you both, and he hopes you have a great day. Thanks. Likewise, Brother Richmond. I appreciate you. 
Brother Garrick asks, Iowa offense son or USC defense daughter? So you can't score or you get ran through. But th- the thing is, Iowa wins. Iowa wins. They do seem wholesome, too. Nah, they had that whole scandal. Yeah. They had that whole racial scandal. So they weren't even wholesome without scoring. USC defense, it's bad, though. Having a daughter like that would be tough. Although, I'm I'm sex positive. I'm, I'm not slut-shaming. So, you know, I, I would rather have a daughter who could score. Oh, she's not scoring, though. I guess technically she is. But the, if, if, if you have the USC defense daughter, you're looking like Alex Grinch did on the sideline Saturday night, grimacing, hunched over with your hands on your knees, yeah, just staring down at the turf. Yeah, but if you have Iowa's son, Iowa offense son, you have to fire him. The university has to step in and make you fire him. <laughs> but you're winning. You're winning. Yeah, but every, first place. everyone hates him and everyone hates, everyone hates you. It is my favorite stat of the year is that this – Running back for Washington, who is fine. I mean, he's he's good. He's not like anything. He's not Jalen Wright. He's not Dylan Sampson. He uh, had 199 yards before he was touched Saturday night. Kirk he had Ferentz, 199 yards before contact. Kirk Ferentz literally had this, and it's made his life miserable over the last couple of years. I did love that, like, the, the I mean, there were 14 punts and like 11 third down conversions in the Iowa Northwestern game or something. I mean, it was just they're over under was every, 30 and they didn't even come close to covering. Every week it gets better. It gets better every week. Neither quarterback threw for over 100 yards. Not neither quarterback even got close. I mean, like no, Northwestern didn't have 100 yards passing or rushing. Like, but like you it, said, they do keep finding ways to win. Iowa had 169 total yards, and Northwestern had 170. And then I had to turn on Monday Night Football and watch the equivalent of Iowa's offense from the New York Jets last night. Brutal. Brutal. It was 0-0 zero to zero at halftime, John. <laughs> yeah. The leading receiver, the leading receiver for Iowa had one catch for 23 yards. <laughs> but they win. They win. Brother Harry Valls asks us what we make of the bowl predictions with us facing opponents like Rutgers, Minnesota, Iowa State, West Virginia, Maryland, or North Carolina. If we lose to Georgia, are we going to be subjected to this? I have no idea. Not if we beat Missouri, surely. But I have no clue. Yeah, I haven't wasted a second thinking about those. And, um... I will say I'm preemptively redneck mad over the idea of going like eight and four and playing West Virginia in a bowl game and Joe Milton starting at quarterback. Job's not finished. Job ain't done. One last ride with my brothers. I am preemptively getting redneck angry. The only way I won't be angry is if he brings it with the Kobe Bryant, job's not finished, job's not done quote. I will say that the Instagram picture and caption that he put up that they posted in the Discord was hysterical. It was an awesome caption. It's a good one. Uh, I do I do feel like that's been stolen from somewhere, and maybe even by, like, Cooper Mays' little brother. I feel like he might have already had one like that, but... It's 100% stolen, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to say even maybe by Cooper's little brother, but it's definitely a thing, but it was really funny. The baby blue did look good. The Summit blue did look good. He, do, he is a handsome, he, he is a good dresser. 
I will say that. He's very stylish. And we showed Gino what's up. We showed Gino what's up. I was surprised. I saw a lot of UConn fans out and about on Saturday. Or, excuse me, on Friday really? night. Yeah, a lot made the trip. I guess they want to check out the Basketball Hall of Fame. The Women's Basketball <laughs> Hall of Fame. All right, on the way out, does Tennessee beat Missouri? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. All right, spaces tomorrow night, and then uh, we'll do the podcast next week. Talk to you later. All right, love you. Bye-bye. See you, bye. Money, diamonds, house in different cities. I'm living my wildest dreams. Cooking, smiling, and with all the power can do what I want. But I'm empty. Betty's got a model movie options to making a movie scene. You know all the game, but what's it really mean? None knows I try to give up. Try what I thought could be love. Try taking chances and chance from me. Smell it on my sheet. I heard you say that you might love another and fill up my world with envy. And I can't stop reminiscing when we relive in a moment where you were meant for me. But all this fame and fortune can't afford me what I need.